what that means. Another podcast episode that I'm going to record. It's week 12. What is that? It's three months. Three months of podcasting under our belts. It's a good good sign. Does that mean we're more than semi-pro now? Are we still just, you know, semi-professional at this? Say three months is a, a decent time on the job, you know? Starting to get a little bit better. Um, along with that, I'd like to open up with a little story from my job. Um, this old man walks into my gas station. And his immediate question is, when did you change the prices? Now, for me, I went, the price of what? We sell literally a hundred different things here. From cigarettes to drinks to gas to diesel gas. You know, all kinds of different stuff, right? So I ask him, change the price of what? He says, the gas. I was like, um, I don't really know. I work overnight. I'm not a manager, you know. Um, that's not something I deal with, but, you know, I'm not sure. So then he asked me again if I know when they changed the price. I was like, no, I don't know when they change it either, and I don't know when it was changed. I don't know the answer to either of those questions. Then he asked me if I remembered when it was under $3, to which I replied, nope, I, I, don't, I don't remember. So now I can tell this guy wants to play ball, right? Now I know with this next question what's going to transpire here, right? So his next question is, or sorry, his next statement to me is, let me ask you this question in a different way since you don't understand. Now, as soon as that sentence is uttered, I'm 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 game, dude. We're playing ball. You want fucking you want to play ball? You want to toss it back and forward? We can do that. I'll fucking play with you. Let's go. I'll be your fucking Huckleberry. Um so I put on my dickhead voice, which is pretty similar to this one. Um and I say, "Listen, um I have no idea when they changed the price, why they changed the price, when it happens, what the reason for it is, or what the other prices used to be. I have no information, nor do I have any insight to what the gas prices fluctuate at this establishment. So then he asked me if, no, 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 just me personally, if I remember when the price was under $3. And I was like, you mean like I checked the, no, I don't check the gas price every Every day I come to work, I don't check the price of gas. Um, that's not something... Like, I do other things here. And, like I said, I don't check the fucking price. I don't change it. I do nothing with the price of gas. So then, he hits me with that passive-aggressive old man thing where they just stare at your name tag and they go, Okay, David. And then he walks out the store. So to that old man, if you somehow ever listen to this, or one of your family members listens to this, I fucking don't like you. And you can complain. Because I don't give a shit, alright, buddy? There's a giant fluorescent LED red and green sign outside of my establishment that says the price of gas. And guess what? When it changes, it'll be a different number. And guess what? I'll take it a step further. He had a receipt, which means he had already paid for the gas. You know, like, let's say you pull into a gas station and you don't see that giant sign that's on both ends of the gas station almost... Almost like it's advertising the price of gas. Almost like that's what it's there for. For you to pull in and then buy that gas. If you pull up to the pump and you start paying for the gas, those little buttons when you select your preferred octane of uh, gasolina, uh, that little bit of petrol that you're going to pay for 
to all my British listeners, I know there's some of you in the UK, if you're going to get some petrol at the petrol station, um, it tells you on those little buttons what it is per gallon. So let's say you miss the giant sign. You can check it right there. And you know what I do when I go to a gas station and I need gas? I generally don't check the price. I don't drive around and try to get the lowest. I get a discount on gas, not going to lie. So I don't have to go anywhere for gas. But even before then, you know what I do when I go to buy gas? I go inside, I tell them what number pump I'm at, and then I tell them $25. And then I go outside, and I pump the allotted amount of gas, and I leave. I don't argue about the prices. And I could tell that this old dude was going to end up making some political speech about this, or some, you know, bipartisan shit. I don't, I don't want to deal with it, alright? If you come into the gas station at 11 o'clock at night, and you're asking about gas prices, you got problems, okay? You got nothing else to do in life. So... Um, that was a fun experience. And, um, like I said, complain, dude, I really don't give a shit, but this brings me to like the first thing I want to talk about is like, don't ask stupid questions that are like insanely stupid and then respect or my, my fault, expect like an answer that's going to be, I don't know, maybe not impolite, but it's just like, if you ask me something that's stupid, like just out of your mind stupid I'm gonna respond to you with probably some level of sarcasm or I don't know some attitudes coming out because it's like dude you're 80 years old what have you never been to a gas station have you never asked a question either like well, you're missing the most vital components of the question which would be a subject a specific thing you're asking about and uh, a coherent sentence that goes along with it when did you change the price? Prices, sorry. Um, it's plural. The prices of what, dude? Like I said, we sell a hundred different things here. You're talking about cigarettes? You're talking about vapes? You're talking about bread? You're talking about milk? I sell pizza rolls. I sell bagel bites, dog. Are you asking about those? What? The price of what, dude? And you might say, Dave, how did you not know he's talking about gas? Dude, let me just ask you when they change the prices. What am I talking about? If you guess gas, no, he's going to say the bagels in the fucking pastry case, you know? These people have no rhyme or reason. And I also want to point out, I have somewhat of a predisposition. I don't like old people. Now, you know, there's that saying, respect your elders. I somewhat agree with that. I'll hold the door open for an old lady or an old man. Um, I'll be a little bit more patient with them. But after a certain extent, that respect wears out. And I'll tell you what, I live in Florida and... um. I don't remember what my, I think it's from Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Dwayne the Boulder Johnson. Um, it says they call it God's waiting room. And that's somewhat true. There's a shit ton of old people down here, right? And as much as I'd love to respect my elders, there's a lot of old, shitty, bitter, rude old people down here. And I don't think they deserve much respect because they're fucking insufferable people. They are terribly annoying. They're terribly rude. Most of them have lived in New York for 40, 40 years straight. So they just have this obnoxious East Coast attitude. And like, I guess it's the East Coast of Florida. Like, you know, I'm on the East Coast technically. But like, you know what I'm talking about. That Philly, New Jersey fucking, hey, I'm fucking walking here. You fucking ass. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't transcend very well down here. And then like the other half is like just, you know, rednecks and like 
meth heads for sure. A lot of meth heads in Florida. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think just because you're old, you deserve, like, all of my respect. I'll give you some of it, and I'll give it to you for a decent amount of time. After a while, dude, it's out the window. It's g g g g gone son. Nowhere to be found. Lost without a trace. First 48. You got to find it. It's gone. There's no trail. And it's like I said, I can't understand how you have, like, this mentality to walk into a store in the middle of the night to have a conversation about gas prices after three times of being told, yeah, man, I don't, I don't deal with that. I don't really know. It's a good question. Maybe you should ask people in the morning. I even told him there'd be a manager at 5 a.m. if he'd like to come by and ask. He didn't. So once again, something I see a lot working at this gas station, rather than take any advice or help I can give you now, people will just choose to be mad and leave. So you know what? Stay mad. Don't come back. Complain. I don't care. For every one of you that complains, there's 10 people that have a great experience with me. Lady walked in the other night, 1.30 in the morning. She had a Roy Jones Jr. shirt on. I love boxing, and I love Roy Jones Jr. I had a conversation with her about six, seven minutes about boxing. It was amazing, right? That lady's not going to complain. If that lady comes back, she's going to be like, that's the nicest kid ever. Middle of the night, he's talking to me about my shirt. It was even signed, by the way. This lady was wearing an autographed Roy Jones Jr. shirt. Listen, I'm not one to tell people how to live their life, but like, shit, man. Uh, you don't want to hang that up? You want to get a nice case for it? Fucking autograph. She's like, nah, I'm wearing it. It's gangster. I respect that. I would not do it because I'm a giant nerd and I love to collect shit, but, you know, more power to her if that's, if that's what she wants to do. Um, that was a longer anecdote than I originally planned. Um, uh, reoccurring bits. It's uh, still a drought as far as mystery downloads. We have no new, no new players. I will say another hotspot that's popping up is um, the people right, right outside of Maryland. I don't have the original. I gotta find that. I don't have the original um, mystery downloaders that were first uh, initiated. But right outside of Maryland, somewhere in Virginia, hotspot popping up. Red, red mark, bang bang, Chief Keef. Um, no, that's Chicago, but still. Um, big red spot popping up, no new players. Um, but I will say we have, so for a long time on the analytics where I find the mystery downloads and stuff, it would just say like followers, not very many. (laughs) And it would just give me like one or two or something now on there boys and, 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 and females and ladies and, uh, whatever else. Um, we now have one to five. We have bumped up a bracket of one to five, which is great. I think we have like uh, 15 followers on Spotify. So shout out to everyone that follows on Spotify. Um, But yeah, no new mystery players. Um, That's one of my favorite things. Still waiting on a response from any one of them. That would absolutely make my day to have like, especially if it's the dude from Russia or the woman from Russia, the person from Russia. I have a bad, bad habit of that. Any of you people of the mystery downloaders, any of you mystery people, if you hit me up, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something special for you. I don't even know. Maybe we'll have you as the first guest. I don't know, but I'd love to hear from one of these people. I think it would blow my mind to just get an email from, like, Dublin, Ireland, or fucking Dallas, Texas, you know, places I've never been. But it was a pretty good week for me. Um, I spent way too much money at a comic book store, per usual. Um, I was driving along. Uh, I went out the other weekend with my mom. She went out and about and went shopping, got some food. 
And uh, we were coming up this one street, and there was a comic book store uh, near the pawn shop where I used to work. Uh, and I never went in there because I was just always so stressed out from that job. Or I just wanted to go home, or I'd go out and drink with my buddies, go to the bar, this retro arcade. Um, so I never stopped in there. I stopped in there the other day. It is very nice. Uh, shout out to Kingdom Comics in uh, Palm Bay, Florida. I spent like $100 there. And one of the things I spent money on, which was super dope, is they... So like, I walked in, and uh, I go to my normal DC section. I'm a big DC fan. If I'm not buying DC comics, I'm either buying like Civil War stuff, which is like uh, Captain America versus Iron Man, or Civil War 2, which is Captain Marvel versus Iron Man, um, or Spider-Man comics, uh, Ghost Rider stuff, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord stuff, just uh, more different stuff from Marvel. I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I like Marvel, but I'm really just into Spider-Man. I'm a huge DC guy, though. I love DC, the universe, the stories, the characters. DC is by far my favorite uh, side of the comic book uh, universes. Um, so I immediately jet over, trying to find any Rebirth stuff I can. Flash, Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow, Batman, um, you know, Deathstroke even, Cyborg, any of them, right? There's a series called Rebirth. Um, it's like the first comic books I started collecting when I moved to Chicago and I could go to comic book stores. That was being written and released at the time. So um, I have a Teen Titans first issue um, from Rebirth that like kicked off my you know comic book collection. Uh, and from there, I just ran with it. So anytime I see a Rebirth uh, comic, I'm inclined to buy it, especially if it's a first edition. Um, so I you know picked up some Batgirl and uh, some Green Arrow, um, some Deathstroke, bought a bunch of different stuff. And then I'm going up to the counter. And man... This is where it gets a little bit uh, tricky. I walk up to the counter and I see a Batman Rebirth first edition with a variant cover. Super sexy book, right? And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it. And finally, this this young lady comes up with a Naruto sweatshirt. Um, so, boom, I'm already friends with her because, you know, Will of Fire. I get it. You know, Leaf Village out here represent. Um, so I'm talking to her and she asked me what I'm looking at. I was like, ah, I'm looking at the Batman in there. I really like it. I'm a sucker for rebirth. I tell her everything I just told you guys, right? So then she goes, well, let me put some light on them. Maybe they'll look better. So she opens up the case. And I'm like, ugh, nah, you're good. So then she pulls them out. And she asked me um, if I've ever seen the cover. I was like, no, I haven't seen this cover. She goes, what's well, a variant cover? And these come with uh, certificates of authenticity. Now, your boy, when I hear that, it's like an instant sale, especially when it's a $20 book. Now, I don't usually buy $20 comic books, right? That's a bit high. Usually, I can get like four, five, even 10 comic books for the price of $20. If you get a couple, you get some $2 ones, some $5 ones, some $3 ones. You can mix it up. You get a bunch of different books for $20, right? But this one was special and it had a uh, certificate, right? And if you're a nerd and you collect anything, seeing that certificate, man, that's like Willy Wonka's golden ticket, you know? That's just, it's putting it over the moon. It's like, ah, uh, but it, you know. It's $20, but it has a certificate <laughs> and it gives you a special little number. It's this warm little feeling. You ever seen Tommy Boy where the guy talks about a guarantee on the box? If it's, I'm going to make everything all better. That's what that's, that's what that certificate does for me. I, oh, you spent $20 on this book? Doesn't matter. I'm going to make it all better. This is a, this is a one of a kind. This is, this is one of a limited series and it's authentic and we, we promise you. 
So I buy it, and I get the one without the barcode on the front, so it's even cleaner, and it's the same price. So as I do this, I notice the whole time I've been in there, there are these tables set up. And uh, I noticed this kid with, like, long hair, um, and he had on cargo shorts. Um, just, like, the epitome of, like, nerd. Like, no sense of fashion. Long hair. Tell he's not very social. My kind of people, right? So I see him keep coming up, and he's getting these comic books signed. And, like, kind of the opposite. A lot of people, if they see people signing, they just want to go do it just because, right? I was petrified. I was like, I don't want to go over there. They're going to know I don't know anything about them. They're going to know I don't know who they are, and now it's going to be a weird, sticky situation. So she starts, I ask her, I'm like, hey, what's going on over here? So she starts telling me all these people are local comic book creators. Now that's like, oh, dude, that's like the coolest shit I think I've ever heard in a while. I've never met someone who's made a comic book. I've never met any famous authors or writers or artists, but I'd love to. I have a signed Punisher comic book by the artist, which I think is awesome. Or no, I don't. We had one at the pawn shop I worked at, and I should have bought it, but the guy wouldn't sell it. Um, That's what it was. But I have a lot of like cool comics that I'd eventually like to get signed or authenticated or anything, right? So I'm going there, and she's like, I can introduce you if you like. I thought about it, but then I asked if they had, you know, some Constantine comics. I love some John Constantine. I'm looking for a 1980s first edition Constantine Hellblazer. I'm looking out for that. So I check everywhere I go. So I look through their uh, Constantine section. They don't have a whole lot of what I want. So I decide, eh, I'm good. But you know what? I, I'm a I'm a local artist. You know, I've made music. I'm a podcaster. You know, I wish people would support me a little bit more often. So I said, what the hell? Let me go check it out. Dude, I walk up on the first guy. Without a without a moment to spare, dude introduces himself, starts telling me about his comic book. Dude, I'm buying something off the bat. If I walk up and you just sling some confidence my way, dude, boom, I'll support it. Whatever it is. Even if I don't like it, even if it's boring, whatever, right? So he tells me he made this comic book. He's got the artist with him. Tells me what it's about. And then he says, I even have a prequel. And it's this book right here. So this dude's got a prequel to a story he made. I get the variant cover for the artist being there. So the artist is there. That's the writer. So I go, hey, man, give me the, give me that one. The, give me the special one. If you say variant, if you say different cover, something special about it, give me that one. That's the one I want. I don't want the basic one, right? So I grab that one. I tell him what the hell. They're five bucks a piece. And a little bit more than like... Like, let's say you get, like, a Teen Titans that's just coming out. It might be around $3.99, $2.99. Depends on the size of the book. $5.99, premium comic book. Don't give a fuck, right? This dude made it, and he had the balls to make a prequel, right? So, boom. $10. Get them both signed. Tell them, thanks, bro. See you later. Head on to the next one, right? Dude, next one is, like, vampire comic books. And the, like, uh, not to, like, shit on anyone else that, that was there, but there was clearly out of the four people, like out of the four booths that were there, there were two of them where the art was on a different level. And these vampire ones, probably like top tier out of the four. Um, there's this Italian chick there, doesn't speak English. She's the artist. She's drawing while she's sitting there, right? So I ask them, you know, these people, zero confidence. I'm looking at their books and it took me like two minutes of looking at them for me to finally go, hey man, so which one's the first edition? Um, so he points to the first one, um, 
I'm only buying the first one because it's like, if you don't like the story, why are you going to buy number four? You want to buy number one, see if you like the story, and then you can go back and buy the other editions. So I say, hey, you know what? Give me that one. And then as he's telling me that, he says that there's a character on the cover of this one. This is her story in the 1800s. Boom. Give me that one. So I get two of those, get them signed, Italian artist signature, ba-boom, ba-bam, another $10, right? So then I go to the next guy. Now this next guy is the one that kid I had mentioned before with the long hair and the cargo shorts um, kept going to. Dude really liked the book. I could tell the guy was like reading every issue. He had a lot of questions for the author. It was super cool. And so he went through and um, this one I I think is like getting turned into a TV show or something. Something like that. Um, But I asked him for his first issue as well. He tells me about his books. I buy that first one. Then he goes, this is the second edition, but this cover is for this comic book store only. It's the only place I'm going to sell it. <laughs> Once again, exclusivity, rare, variant, certificate, I'm buying. No questions asked. Buy that one. I get him to sign it. Then he drops it on me. That one's $10. I said, you know what? Still buying it. Didn't even flinch. I said, oh, well, whatever. So now I'm at fucking 15 bucks. Buy him, right? I go to the last guy. He's eating a pizza. Feel kind of bad. His response was, I'd rather sell comic books than eat this pizza. Debatable, bro. I I don't know. I'd rather eat some pizza sometimes, you know? Um, so he starts telling me. He's got like four different stories there. So I tell him. I was like, give me the rundown. Let me see which one I like. First one was like a, was like a horror comic. Kind of think like a Resident Evil. Um, yeah, kind of like Resident Evil style. Like the video games, how it's always like a... A horror, like or even Outlast, how it's like a, it's a horror thing, but it's a different theme every time. That's what it kind of felt like. It was like people, like got like crash landed in like Louisiana, something it looked like a witch doctor on it. Something it looked kind of interesting. Uh, another one was like sci-fi about like air, uh, like you only have a set amount of breaths. Something I didn't seem into. The uh, third one wasn't really into. The last one, he goes, now this one's like Pulp Fiction. A lot of violence, a lot of F words, and boom, sold right there. Violence, foul language, that's, dude, that's awesome. I watch Narcos, Peaky Blinders, um, any sort of mob movie. Dude, you got foul language and violence, I'm probably watching, or uh, reading in this case. So boom, I buy that one, $5. Um... And it was great. I got to meet all of them. Most of them talked to me and spent some time. And like I said, I'd, I'd never met anyone, especially to that level, to have their own. Like, some of these people had, like, 12 issues. And that's cool, bro. That's, like, a whole comic line. Like, sometimes, they're like, like the original Watchmen series, I think, is only 12 books. And, like, that's the greatest graphic novel of all time. So, like, 12 issues is a, is a decent-sized story. You can pack a lot of stuff into 12 issues. Um, so I thought that was real cool to meet them. And like I said, the, they took time to sign each one of them. Um, and like I said, I got to support local people, which is, you know, as somebody who makes art, like I make music sometimes and I do this podcast religiously now for three months, shout out to us consistency. Um, but yeah, I felt good to give back and support somebody. And, you know, like I said, it takes, it takes balls to even set up that stand, bro. You might not even sell one. Um, but it takes balls to, you know, go out there and, and put your stuff up there and say, I made this, um, and I'm proud of it and I want to sell it. And you might find somebody like me that's like, fuck yeah, dude, that's dope. And even if I don't like them, like, I'm glad I supported them, you know? Even if I don't like the book, it's like, well, you know, I like the fact that somebody's out there trying, you know? It's almost like when the baby, when he sees people, like, selling water bottles and, and Skittles and shit and he goes to help them out. 
I think that's dope, bro. I, I always appreciate seeing those videos, um, you know, of like, uh, like, uh, I don't know if anybody knows who Hobo Johnson is. Uh, he had that song Peach Scone, where it's more like a spoken word to music on the uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert. I think that was like 2018. It was when I was living in Chicago that it came out. Um, but, you know, he's blown up a little bit since then. And uh, I found this old video where, like, Hobson was in Sacramento and just went past Hobo Johnson when he used to perform on the streets and, you know, checked him out and shit. And I thought that was real dope, bro. I always love seeing, like, successful people take time. Like, that's Big Sean's whole thing, bro. If you don't know anything about Big Sean, Big Sean used to rap at a radio station in Detroit. And uh, one of my favorite songs um, that I used to sing, uh, or rap, rather, uh, almost every day with uh, one of my friends who is no longer with us. Um, it's called Nothing Is Stopping You. And me and my homie used to sing that like all the time when I was in like, <laughs> I think I was like a junior in high school. I was like 16 and he got his own, his own car at the time. We used to drive around singing that song, bro, because we always thought it would be so dope. Uh, the whole story is like the story of Big Sean, how he used to rap at this radio station and how he had like no money and he didn't even have a car, but somebody called him and said, yo, Kanye is at the station. You need to go up there and spit. Cause you do like freestyle Fridays or something like all the time on this radio station in Detroit. Uh, so he went up there, bro. And he, uh, rapped for Kanye. Uh, and that's how big Sean ended up getting signed to good music. So it's always great when you hear stories like that, you know, it's always awesome. And, um, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it was a great experience and I hope one day, um, you know, I could do something like that, like a live podcast or something. People come out, they don't even have to pay. I just think it'd be dope, you know? <laughs> like, uh, Tiny Meat Gang does live podcasts all the time, and I always think that shit's so cool. I always love to be a part of that, you know? Because there's something different about doing it in front of people. It'd be a little bit more nerve-wracking, but I think it'd also make you a little bit more funny or a little bit more jovial. You'd want to really dive into things. Um, As far as other current events, I had a busy week. I, You know what? I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? This, this is a good week. There's a lot of things we can talk about. There's something I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jake Paul. Um, if you guys don't know who Jake Paul is and you've been living underneath a rock like Patrick Starr for the past <laughs> four years at this point, Jake Paul is a YouTuber. Used to be Viner. Used to be Disney Star. Um, Jake Paul is uh, probably one of the most synonymously hated people on the internet. I don't think I used that word right, right there. What was the word I'm looking for? Unanimously. That's, that's what it is. Synonymous. He is synonymous with hate. Think if you look, if you think about Jake Paul, a lot of people go hate. Word association. Jake Paul. Hate him. Hate. Absolutely hate him, right? He's the most, probably one of the most unanimously disliked people on the internet, right? And Jake Paul, in the past year, like I said, past couple years, if you've been living under a rock, I got you. Let me sum it up. Uh, used to be Disney star, turned Viner, turned YouTuber, turned rapper. Now he's a boxer, okay? So just think Disney star turned into rapper. You can make that jump. So Disney star to rapper. Um, cringe YouTuber to boxer, right? Now, if you don't know who the Paul brothers are, I don't know what to tell you. I think you've been in a coma or somebody hit you really hard with a frying pan. Um, anyways, the Pauls have become boxers, right? Logan Paul fought KSI. Um, now, see, the, the thing with Logan Paul is I think his are more... 
he he doesn't take himself as serious. Like Logan Paul for me after the Japan Forest incident, uh, where he made the terrible idea to film dead bodies in a suicide forest. I think he actually I think that's exactly what he needed. Um, I don't mind Logan Paul as much. I'll even go to say as I kind of like Logan Paul. Um, not like I like him, but I like the idea of him. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy from Ohio, had a lot of fame, let it get to his head, comes back. His podcast isn't that bad. It's not the best. It's a lot of bro talk and it's a lot of like LA lifestyle that I just really don't find particularly interesting, but I do think they have funny conversations when they have guests. Now, Logan Paul fought KSI. Now that was like a YouTuber event that made money. And that was somewhat, I'll give it respect. It was decent. It was a good idea. The fights might not have been great, but it's like, you're watching YouTubers box each other, right? Logan Paul fights KSI a couple more times. They make a lot of money. Then Logan Paul fights Floyd Mayweather, right? That was insane to me. Now, I hate Floyd Mayweather. He's a loser. I don't care what his record says. He, I fucking hate Floyd Mayweather. He's the most arrogant human being in the world, and I can't stand him. He didn't fight anybody that could beat him near their prime. He has fucking terrible he can't even read all right i don't mean to shit on people but fuck floyd you can't be that rich and not be able to read you're a fucking moron you can have as much money as you want at least i can read buddy i'm like people would rather have floyd mayweather's money than be able to read you're dumb okay that's why that that's just it you're dumb that's why you'd prefer to not be able to read because you know you're dumb so fine take your money ignorance is bliss i guess right um anyways getting off topic fuck floyd mayweather Anyways, back to the topic. Jake Paul fought Tyron Woodley for a second time. Now, the first fight, I was convinced Tyron Woodley would knock his face into oblivion. I was like, this is the guy. He's going to answer all our prayers. Jake Paul's been fighting uh, uh, smaller YouTubers, a 40-year-old Ben Askren who can't stand up and is a wrestler who got knocked out in five seconds by Jorge Masvidal's left kneecap. Kabow, right to the fucking mouth. I remember watching that fight live. It was awesome. But anyways, Jake Paul was supposed to fight uh, Tyson Fury's little brother, Tommy Fury. Now, to no surprise of mine, Tommy Fury pulled out. He said it was about injuries and sickness. I honestly think he got scared. Not scared of Jake Paul, but scared of... Kind of like scared of what would happen if he lost. Like his father and his brother were both like, if he loses, he's not even a part of our family. We'll fucking disown him. He's fucking worthless. We're all fighters. Like, imagine your dad and your brother are both named the Gypsy King because they were born to fight. And they have, like, mythical legends about them being so tough and manly. And then you're going to fight a YouTuber. And they're saying if you lose, you're fucked. We will disown you. You're not even worthy to be in our... Oh, it's just they said so much shit that he was like, fuck, what happens if I lose? Ugh. So he pulls out. Now, credit to Jake Paul. He bought Tyron Woodley a fucking Rolex as a Christmas present for taking the fight on short notice. And that was no bullshit. Like, it was a real Rolex. Tyron Woodley was even like, hey, fuck it, I'll take it. He's getting paid to fight again, and he gets a Rolex? Dude, easy, easy deal right there, right? Now, here's what I'm going to say. As much as I hate Jake Paul boxing... That was air quotes, sorry. I, I keep doing that. Air quotes boxing, because he's not that good. The fight was not great. But what I will say is that knockout was no fluke. He fainted to the box. Yeah, so that giant pause is because my laptop decided to to just shut off randomly, uh, even though it's plugged in. So that's great. Um, Sorry, fucking pissed. 
so back to what I was saying. So that that knockout was not a fluke, and it was nothing short of somewhat of boxing knowledge, right? So Jake Paul fainted to the body, got Tyron to drop his hands, and not only did he knock him out, not only did he did he KO him, he demolished that dude's fucking face and sent him straight down to the canvas. Like, it's really, like, if people want to talk about it being fixed, like, man, it's so much easier to fake a knockout where it's like, oh, I couldn't make it to the count, or I'm down on my knees and I can't find my balance. It's very hard to convince someone to fall directly onto their own face with all of their body weight and go completely limp. If Tyron Woodley faked that, he deserves an Oscar and needs to be a stunt double in every action movie ever, but only for the guy who loses fights because it's the most realistic looking fake knockout of all time if it's fake. Dude literally took his soul. And I just want to point out, Tyron Woodley released a song called I'll Beat Your Ass. He hasn't won a fight since he released that song. So to any fighters slash rappers out there, maybe don't make a song called I'll Beat Your Ass or I'll Fuck You Up or I'll Beat You in a Fight because you might jinx yourself. He hasn't won since. Um, But yeah, like I said, I don't like Jake Paul boxing. I don't think that another 40-year-old that he beat before um, was another good fight. Hopefully this, like, hopefully this knockout is so impressive and shows somewhat of boxing, because it does show some boxing ability. He conditioned him all fight for the low, you know, uh, I don't know if it was an uppercut or a hook or maybe some sort of shovel punch, because um, he, he's a, not that great technique, but he has some technique. Um, he conditioned him to look for that, that low body shot in the terrible fight it was. But that shows that, like, he knows somewhat of what he's doing. He knows somewhat of, um, you know, a way to set someone up, lure you into a trap, deep water, if you will. So, you know, for that being, kudos to Jake Paul. I think that was a legit knockout. I don't think you can take anything away from it. You could say the fight was bad. The fight was terrible. But, you know, uh, there's been a lot of bad fights like that to where, like, you know, if this was two, like, conditioned boxers, they'd say this is one of the best game plans they've ever seen to, you know, keep the fight super slow and play this methodical game and then, boom, just crack him one good time. Bow. Now, I'm not saying Jake Paul doesn't have power. I'm just saying Tyron Woodley's smaller than him and they fought before. And Tyron's 40 and he hasn't won a fight in, I don't know, four years? I don't remember the last time Tyron Woodley won. It was a long time ago. And I used to love T-Wood. When he he was fighting in the UFC... Um, I was convinced he was never going to be beat. And then fucking Kamaro, the nightmare Usman, is fucking a uh, hundred overall created character out of UFC 4, basically. Kamaro Usman took his soul, and he's never gotten it back. Um, yeah, sorry for the interruption and the weird technical thing there. I still don't know what happened with my laptop. I'm staring at it right now, scared that it's going to do it again. So in the middle of recording, it just shuts off. I had to go ask my mom if the power went out, because I had no idea why this happened. Um, but yeah, um, as far as that, um, other, uh, stories of this week, I watched The Irishman, right? And I'm a huge mob guy. I love mob movies. Um, I love learning about it, even watching documentaries, interviews, you know, Goodfellas, Casino, all kinds of those movies. They're some of my favorite movies to watch. I like the idea of it. I like the, the, it's mostly just the era, because it's like, it, it, 
the mob can't be what it was back then. It never will be. That that special time of like prohibition to like the late sixties, early seventies, like that fifty years of like Ameri- American culture, I guess. It's just unmatched. Like I don't think there's a better I don't know. I'm probably gonna get shit for saying that, but I don't think there's a better you know, part of American history as far as, like, aesthetics, I guess. Like, I know there's a lot of bad shit that happened, you know, between the 20s and the 60s. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about aesthetics, all right? I don't don't do politics on here, all right? I don't get political. I'm saying aesthetic-wise, all right? The music, you know, cigarettes, before people thought they were bad, or knew they were bad, rather. Uh, You know, you know, pompadours, you know? that's That's a hairstyle for you that don't know. Um... Just the like the the jeans and the rolled up cigarettes and the sleeve and you know the drive-in movie theaters and the diners and the sock hops and you know the 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 four people in a band on a stage actually playing instruments and singing and harmonizing and I don't know just all the aesthetic the cars you know everything it was just it was great and I don't think you can beat that now when you watch The Irishman right man this movie is like if like goodfellas shows like i said the aesthetic of gangsters and the mob and like i said the late 50s early 60s that era right if that like romanticizes it and shows you a little bit about why that life was so appealing to people the irishman is like the cold hard life of a old gangster i watched this movie it's like four hours long, and I'm a huge Scorsese guy. Now, I just want to point out, you have three of the best um, mob uh, actors ever in this movie. You have Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci, all right? These three people in a movie together is just, it's so good. Like, you can't beat it, right? Not, not for me, anyway, especially when Scorsese's the one making the film, because... Man, I'm a huge Scorsese guy, for sure. Like, he's just great. But when I was watching this movie, man, you get to the end. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody if you watch it. But it's about Jimmy Hoffa and the mob and the Teamsters back in the 50s. If you've never watched it, it's on Netflix. Give it a give it a go. Um, it might take you a little while. Like I said, you might have to watch it in parts. I watched it all in one night. Um, you don't need to watch the entire thing. You could listen to some of it and, you know, perusal around on the internet or what have you. Um, but yeah, you get to the end, man, and it's just an old, and Robert De Niro's old as is, but somehow they make him look a little bit less old in the beginning of the movie. Um, you just see an old Robert De Niro just slowly lose, you know, his wife dies, his kids don't talk to him, all his mob friends die or go to jail, and you just see this old man go and buy his own coffin and set up his own funeral arrangements and pick out his spot in a mausoleum. And that's like I said, you just see this old, sad, lonely gangster. Nothing but stories and information and what was one day, you know, undoubtable respect and people knew who he was to now he's just some old guy alone in a retirement home, like in a in a old in an in an elderly home, you know? And it really just goes to show, like, the, I guess, the, like, brutal reality of that lifestyle and those choices. 
And when I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think of like every other mob movie I've ever seen and just go, man, this is, if you don't die, right? If you don't get whacked, if you don't, you know, I don't know, go out on your own terms, like I guess like with the police or fight off your rival gang or, you know, go to jail. Even then there's parts of it where it's like people like Joe Pesci, he's like old as shit in jail, right? Like this old man where they go to break bread, like the Italian saying of breaking bread, uh, you know, with your family and they got the, the wine and the bread. He's so old, he can't even chew bread. And I was just like, damn, like imagine living your whole life with this insane power and wealth just to end up like some fucking schmuck who can't even eat bread inside of a prison, you know? And it's like you you almost wonder if they envy the guys that got whacked, you know, at least they went out on top. They were on top of the world, like Tony Montana, you know, Scarface, another Al Pacino movie, different kind of gangster, but gangster, you know, you almost like a man, would it be better to be fucking Tony Montana than fucking, you know, Joe Pesci in jail over here? Some, some people might say yes. Other people might say, you know, at least Robert De Niro lived out a full life and, you know, he got to make it all the way to the end. But what's making it to the end with you have nobody there and you're just alone and, you know. Like, there's a part where he, like, waits on the the lady in the nursing home to come and check his blood pressure every couple hours. That's, like, the only person that comes to see him. That's gonna be fucking sad, you know? That chick doesn't care about you. She's just doing her job. She's just making money to go home. And when I watch stuff like that, it always brings me back to thinking about, like, I don't know, people like Pablo Escobar. Like, when I got done watching Narcos, I think I was supposed to hate Pablo Escobar and be, like, happy that he was killed, but... At the same time, there's this like a, there's like this romantic idea of Pablo Escobar, of like a guy who was somewhat of a Robin Hood, turned like insane criminal. Um, but the more I like look into Pablo's life and, um, like uh, I'm not gonna say like of course he was wrong. Like you shouldn't you fucking should not bomb people and planes and drugstores and murder cops just to send a point. But like when I think about these, like, these gangsters are always pushed by something, you know, it's like, and it's like, yeah, of course, like, there should be good to push back against evil, but it's like, you almost see, like, the anime character develop, like, you see why they're bad, you see why they're villains, and it's somewhat relatable, like, when I watch some of these movies, I don't immediately go, like, oh, wow, like, that guy, terrible person, I don't know why he would do that, I know exactly why he would do that, and I think I might do it in the same situation, you know, um, but yeah, it was a great movie, um, and like I said, it made me real sad. And I guess for the first time that I've ever seen, and I know I'm young, but I've watched a lot of Scorsese movies a lot of times. It's like the first time Scorsese really like drew back the curtain and made you realize like, nah, 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 nah. Like this is what it really is because it's like, it's a long part of the end of the movie. Like it's, I think it's why the movie's so long is he really wanted to show you like this, this just giant contrast you know um but yeah I love uh Robert De Niro and Al Pacino as I say that I'm looking at I got a picture of Robert De Niro uh and Al Pacino uh Robert De Niro just looks like Robert De Niro Al Pacino it is definitely him as Scarface it's Tony Montana but they're both like uh black and gray pictures um that I got from this pawn shop um so yeah, I fucking love those guys, and I love watching movies like that. And I've been meaning to watch the the Irishman for a while, but um, 
I don't know. I think you really do have to go into it with like the right amount of like, okay, this is a four hour, <laughs> this is a four hour movie. All right. There's a lot to take in. And the story is, is really interesting. I, like, like they say in the movie, I don't think a lot of us young people understand like who Jimmy Hoffa was or the Teamsters or the importance of unions back in the day. You know, a lot of times now it's, they tell you not to unionize or unions are a scam, you know, probably because of the mob. Um, but it's a good movie. If you like history, if you like, you know, mob stuff, I suggest you check it out. Um, now that I got through that, the last thing I want to talk about before I give you the weekly recommendation, I want to complain, all right? I got some fucking, I got some beef, all right? And it's fucking USDA choice. It's prime. Prime beef. I have beef with jury duty. Yeah, that's right. I have beef with my American duties, right? Now, here's the problem. I live in somewhat of a big county in Florida, right? So the courthouse for my county is tw- it's 30 miles away, all right? 30 miles, not minutes, 30 miles away, okay? So that's the first thing. So I get a jury summons in the mail. Not happy about it. Don't want to do it. I want no part of it. Not because I don't want to serve on a jury. Because I work overnight, okay? You know when they want me to be there? 8 a.m. in the morning. You know what time I get off work? 6 a.m. in the morning. So I know a lot of you are thinking, Dave, they pay you, right? They pay you to do that. Your job might even pay you. You know what you know what you get paid if your job doesn't pay you in the state of Florida? You get like $15 a day or some shit. Or like 30 like basically enough to not even cover gas. So here's my problem with jury duty, right? Let's say your company doesn't pay you, right? You now have to lose at least one day of wages for no reason and you have to drive like let's say like for people who are like where i grew up in kentucky yeah you gotta drive like 10 minutes up the road little big whoop right you just gotta go up to the courthouse right dude down here you know how much traffic and time 30 miles of driving can cause in florida on the coast a lot bro that could take like an hour bro easily you get some traffic you get an accident you take the wrong road boom so you're screwed bro screwed i don't want to do it right and not only that i have to give up my wages i have to waste my gas and my time to come out here and answer questions and then potentially if you get chosen that's like weeks of wages given up time you're losing you have to drive there all the time and you have to subject yourself to like judging another human being to really like i don't know maybe some people don't take it as serious if i ended up on the jury i would like me personally i would have to take it serious because like whether, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be a fuck, I mean, it might be, who knows, who knows, it could be a murder trial, it could be a, a rape trial, it could be a drug trafficking charge, it could be as small as a civil matter of like, well, maybe not civil, it wouldn't be civil, it'd still have to be criminal, anyways, it could be like some bullshit over like property or taxes or fraud, or like I said, it could be about murder or like rape or something really fucked up that you really have to like pay attention and, you know, somewhat, like there's lives at stake, there's things to consider, other people those people's families, how they're looked upon for the rest of their life, had this go the right way or the wrong way, you know? Let's say you did, it goes the wrong way, and now you're like one of the people that let this fucking weirdo go back on the streets or this fucking psychopath back on the streets because you didn't pay enough attention or you just couldn't be fucked to, you know, actually take it serious. So, like, not only now am I losing a bunch of stuff, I now have to, and this is a personal choice, you could be a dickhead, but then, like I said, all those reasons, you'd be a dickhead. I, now I have to lose all these things, and now I have to give you maximum brain power, maximum effort 
you know, I have to do all these things to ensure that I know in my heart of hearts, I either did the best I could, made the best decision on the evidence given, or, you know, something along those lines. So I don't feel like a piece of shit the rest of my life. Like, you ever watch The Office where, like, Toby thinks that he let the, he thinks he convicted the wrong man for being the Scranton Strangler? I don't want to be a Toby. I don't want to be Toby the rest of my life being like, damn, I fucked up. That wasn't the guy. Or, man, maybe I could have said something that guy could have... I don't know, got another trial or maybe we had another chance or maybe I would just would have shown more people my, my, my opinions, you know, maybe I could have swayed people, you know, but yeah, I, now I got to go and I got to like, you know, either email or, you know, go through this thing to the courts to, you know, describe this. And I don't know, man, I just think it's real fucking shitty that because I live in a big county that like you're subjected, they're just like, yeah, don't get paid waste your time and money and for me like this would fuck up my sleep schedule for however long it was you know I'd have to stay up like all the way till the next day till I could go to sleep like it would just be not fun for me right and I think that in this day and age there should be a little bit different system about jury duty or something you know I think like I don't know I always thought you had to like register to vote or something to get selected for jury duty. Turns out it's just if you have a driver's license. And I think that sucks, bro. You have to have a license to drive. And if you do that, we enter you into this shitty raffle. Where it's like, yeah, you can lose your money and your job. And all that shit for, you know, extended periods of time. Should we think that you won this shitty sweepstakes. So, yeah. I don't think jury duty is as a big a deal. And, like... If someone, like, shits on you for not wanting to do jury duty, it's probably the same person that, like, fucking believes they're Iron Man because they fucking voted. Like, congratulations, you voted. You participated in something. I'm proud of you. Some people think that it's, like, the fucking highest honor on earth because they voted for who they think should be fucking yelled at for four years, you know? But, yeah, man, I fucking don't want to do it. I'm trying to get out of it. Judge me if you will. If I was in a different position in life, or I don't know, I don't know if I'll get paid. I haven't looked into that. I don't know, man. If I was in a different position in life or I had nothing going on, I'd fucking love to go be on a jury. But that's not the case for me. I like my job right now. I like having money. I <laughs> When I quit my job at the pawn shop, there was like six months where I was not working very much. I dipped into my savings. It was not a fun time. It's a fun time now because I feel a lot better about my life. But yeah, man, it took me like six months to find like a decent job that I like where I'm appreciated and I get paid a decent wage and I have the potential to get benefits and shit. I don't want to fuck that up over, you know, some dude committing crimes in his 30s, all right? Along with that, if you're committing crimes in your 30s, figure it out or I'm going to call you an idiot, all right? You commit crimes from like 13 to like 25-ish, 26 maybe? I think even 26 is a little late, but I'll be nice. From like 13 to 26, you can commit crimes. After that, you got to clean it up, dude. You got to figure it out, you know? 26 is late. I think 23, 24, even 25 is the cutoff. Quarter of your life, 10 years of that might be fucking around committing crimes. You commit crimes after you're 25, hit the road, Jack. And I mean like real crimes, not like if you smoke weed in a state where it's not legal or... You bought a beer before you were 21. Like, the, those are crimes, but they're not they're not hurting anybody. I'm talking, like, if you're hurting people, if you're stealing from stores, if you're fucking robbing people, if you're trafficking, you know, large amounts of drugs, like, that shit should be done in your early 20s, 
and fucking, you know, I'm not like promoting you to sell drugs, but like, I'm just saying, if you're going to do that shit, do it when you're young. That way it doesn't fuck up your entire life. Just fucks up a small part of it. Or you could be dumb and fuck up your entire life. Either way, don't commit crimes because I don't want to be on your jury. I don't want to be summoned to the jurors of whatever fucking county, you know? I don't want to do it, all right? And I think it should be like an opt-in, opt-out basis. I should be allowed to opt-out. I don't want to do it. Let me opt back in when I'm like 35 and I got nothing going on. Or hell, even when I'm 60 and I'm bored as fuck, I'll opt-in for jury duty every week. I'll be a juror on every fucking case, you know? But I don't want to do it right now. 24 Dave, not a juror. 64 year old Dave, probably a juror. I'd love to judge people and tell them what I think about this case. (laughs) But in this case, it's not the case. Like what I did there? Alright guys, it's like 50, what is that, 53 minutes? Fucking long ass episode. And we had a, a brief intermission where my computer decided to take a shit. So, shout out to my laptop for doing that. Um... This week's uh, recommendation, I pretty much jerked him off for, you know, five minutes, but it's Martin Scorsese. Um, Martin Scorsese is probably my favorite director of all time. Um, He's made so many good movies, and there are movies that are like, like, there's so many of them in their own rights that are fucking classics, right? Like, let's just start off with something recent. If you've ever watched The Wolf of Wall Street, boom, Scorsese, baby. I know so many people that love that movie. You want to know why? Because it was done right. It was done by Scorsese, and it's a masterpiece. Most of them are. But let me just ramble off a few Scorsese films I know off the top of my head. Wolf of Wall Street. Um, <laughs> shit. Now that I said that, I fucking blanked. Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, Casino... Goodfellas, The Aviator, bunch of good shit. That's five off the top. If you've never seen any of those five movies, boom, there you go. I just nailed it for you. But yeah, Martin Scorsese is a great director. Uh, he grew up like during like the mob era of like uh, you know New York and New Jersey, back when like there was the you know five crime families or whatever when they were like super in power. Um, like the mob built Vegas. If you've never seen Casino, it's awesome. I grew up, my dad lived in Vegas, um, still lives in Vegas, um, but when I was a kid, like, growing up in Kentucky, every summer, I would go out to Las Vegas, uh, to visit my dad, so growing up, very, like, uh, back in the day, I used to be able to, like, if I saw a casino in a movie, I would know which casino it was based on the carpet, because I'd walk through them so many times with my dad, um, and, you know, um, my stepmom, she has a lot of family out there. Um, so like my cousins would come visit and I say cousins in quotation cause they're like blood relatives or marriage relatives. They're not blood relatives. Um, so we would always go cause it was like something to do. You walk around, you buy shit, you look at shit. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time. I guess if you're a kid, like, I guess if you're an adult, you'd be drunk most of the time or like going to different clubs or whatever. So it's not the same, but as a kid, I would be like very observant. Right. And I thought it was cool that I could identify it. Um, but my dad would always tell me stories about the mob in Vegas, and he would tell me stories like the mob still runs Vegas, they just don't run the strip anymore, because there's always a shit ton of construction going on in Vegas, there's like housing developments that always get their copper and, you know, valuable stuff stolen, coincidentally, like, blah, 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 it's like all fronts for the mob still, like, the mob is still very deep in Vegas, they just don't own the strip anymore. Um, but if you've never seen Casino, it shows, like, how the mob built Vegas, and a lot of these casinos don't exist anymore, um, but, you know, even then, my mom, uh, worked in Vegas back in, back in the day, and, you know, she saw some of the, the casinos before they were gone, and Frank Sinatra was still singing when she was there, um, all kinds of stuff, so Vegas holds a special place in my heart, 
And along with that, the mob holds a special place in my heart. And maybe I shouldn't say that, but you know, I think of all like criminal organizations out there, the mob is somewhat the most respectable. Like the real mob had rules of like, you don't go after a man's wife and kids, you go after the man himself. Um, and like, yeah, the mob does a lot of shitty shit where they like, you know, shoot witnesses and innocent people that just happen to be wrong place, wrong time. But like, if you're going to pick an organization that's criminal, I think that the mob is somewhat the most decent out of all of them. Like the, and I mean like the original mob, like the mobsters of the old, the original gangsters, you know, like the old suit wearing all about respect, you know, it was different. I think it was not nicer, but it was the nicer of the crimes, you know, they try to bribe you when they could. If they couldn't bribe you, we'll beat you. We'll fucking take a baseball bat to your knees, you know? I'm not talking Sopranos. I'm talking like Al Capone, baby. Old gangsters, real class acts, you know? Uh, But yeah, Scorsese, if you don't like mob stuff, well, damn. I mean, he's got non-mob movies like The Aviator and... Wolf of Wall Street. He's made a lot of good stuff, but he makes a lot of good mob movies. He's never seen The Departed either. The Departed is like, it's one of my favorite films. Uh, it's a, just a great story in general. A little bit of mob, but mostly like, it's mostly like police-ish, like uh, undercover detectives, but it has to do with the mob. But it's just a good story overall, of like duality of characters. Like in that movie, it's almost like the characters are written to be flips of the coin for each other, you know? But yeah, Martin Scorsese, look him up. He's bound to fucking die someday soon. It's going to be really sad. Oh, Raging Bull. You've never seen Raging Bull? Taxi Driver. Uh, a lot of good Robert De Niro movies. Raging Bull's a boxing movie. Taxi Driver is about a taxi driver. Spoiler. Um, but yeah, a lot of good classic movies. And uh, like I said, he just that time in America is like my favorite aesthetic. When I think of America, that's what I think of. Like when I hear the word America, United States of America, I think 1950s you know, Mustangs and, and Studebakers and, and, you know, white wall tires, Cadillacs, you know, uh, jazz music, you know, uh, Frankie Valli's shit from the fifties, you know, um, I just think of that era, you know, I think of cigarettes and I think of fucking burgers and fries and milkshakes and grease, you know, pompadours and greasers and the outsiders and switchblades and revolvers, you know, that's what I think of when I think of America. And I think if there's anyone that encapsulates that and just makes the best visuals for it, it'd be Martin Scorsese. And like I said, he has a great filmography. If you've never seen any of his films, look them into him. If you've seen his films, go rewatch them or watch a new one. Oh, even that, Shutter Island. I think Shutter Island's a Scorsese film. That's a great movie. Um, yeah, so many good movies. The more I think about it, the more they come to me. But yeah, Scorsese, great, great guy. Uh, great director. Great, you know, always got great cast, too. He's always got good actors in his shit, you know? But yeah, check him out, and uh, let me know what you think. As always, we're coming up on my least favorite part, and that's the plugs. I got an email the other day that said podcast, uh, or fuck. <laughs> I got an email the other day that said Spotify put a rating system for the podcast. So I guess you can rate this five stars. I don't know how that happens. I didn't read the email that much. I just read the, you know, I just skimmed it. You know, I cliff notes it. Also, fun fact... Did you know Cliff Notes has been around forever? Like since 1928 or something? I thought Cliff Notes was like a website. Turns out like there's been actual Cliff Notes of books. And like I was watching, I think it was, I think it was the Zodiac. 
It's got Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's about the Zodiac Killer. Somebody in there says, give me the cliff notes. And that was like in the 50s. So, blew my mind. I thought that was just a website that we used in high school so we didn't have to read books and, you know, get like 70% on tests because we didn't read the book. We read the cliff notes. So it's enough to pass the test, but you don't know shit about the book. Um, anyways, rate this, whatever you think. If it's one star, give it one star. If you think that I'm the goat of podcasts, give it five stars. If you like this episode, give it, give it four stars. Give it three stars for all I care. Just rate it. I'd like to see this. I don't even know how it's done. So let me know. Do it. Uh, if you don't want to do that or you don't know how to do it, hit that little heart button if you liked it. If you didn't, don't hit it. Um, if you think this podcast is interesting and you want to share it with your friends or family, there's a share button for that. You can copy that link. Boom, boom, boom. Send it to all your friends and pals at work or, um, you know, whatever. Also, anybody out there, um, mystery downloaders or people I know, um, I put the Gmail in the description of each episode uh, as of last week. If you want to send me an email, something to react to, a video, a question, comment, concern, riddle, even if you want to tell me that I suck, and I should stop this podcast. Send it to justlastweekpodcast at gmail.com. If you know me personally, you can send me a, a Facebook message, a Snapchat, a text message. You can give me a call on the cellular device, any of that good stuff. But make sure you follow us on uh, Spotify and YouTube. I'm going to get all the episodes up on YouTube, I promise. Nobody's on there anyway. Nobody's following. So I think that, you know, they won't care if they're a couple episodes behind. But yeah, help us out. Uh, reach out. Tell us what it is, what it isn't. And uh, as always, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.